awesome. And in this church, you're allowed to make a noise. You're allowed to say amen. Amen. It will help me. <laughs> Let's pray first. Father, we want to give you this word. I pray, Father, that, that we will open our heart this morning to you, Lord God. You will speak to us, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, your Holy Spirit will help me, Lord God. I will be your witness today, Father, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people say, amen. The title of the word today is, But God. Now you'll find many different but God examples in the Bible. For, to give you a few. First one, Jacob to Joseph in Genesis 48. Behold, I'm dying, but God will be with you. Joseph to his brothers in Genesis 50. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Regarding David in 1 Samuel 23. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. The prophet to King Jehoshaphat in, in 2 Chronicles 20. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Psalm 73. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2 verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Now, there are a lot more of these types of but gods in the Bible. And in all of these but gods we just read, the common thread in all of them is God is the answer in all of them. God is the answer in all of these but gods. But God will be with you. But God meant it for good. But God is my strength. The battle is not yours, but God. But God demonstrates his own love for us. But God who is rich in mercy. See, God is the answer of these but gods. But then you also get another but God. Another type of but God. This one is the problem. And that is when we answer, but God, but God, I can't do it. But God, this is impossible. But God, I can't afford it. You see, when God is the answer of your but God, there is life. There is victory. There is abundance. There is grace. There is mercy. But when it's our answer, there is fear. There's uncertainty. There's a lack of faith. There are more question marks. But God. But God, I can't do it. But God, I'm not qualified. God, you tell me to tithe, but, but God, I can't afford it. God, you tell me to speak to the people, but God, I can't. I stutter. God, your word says, by your stripes you are healed. But God, what about the doctor's report? Take, for example, Gideon in, in Judges 6, verse 15, he says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Moses in, in Exodus 4, verse 1, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Verse 10, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. 
I never have been, and I'm not, e- not now, even though you have spoke, spoken to me. <laughs> Moses. <laughs> I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Moses, ek verstaan vir jou. Moses, hoeveel Engels vir Church, you can see how they, they are different but God. And the difference between the two types is who is answering. You see, if it is a God but God, then no one can stop you. No one can stop you. But if the but God is your answer, then you are stopping yourself. See, when the answer of, of your but God is but God, there is, the, if God is the answer, there's victory, there's life, there's abundance, there's grace, there's mercy. But when it's our answer, there's fear, there's lack, there's uncertainty, there are questions. But God. And so often we want the answer from God. But I believe often the problem is not the hearing, but it's the doing. Often we know what to do, but our answer is our answer is about God. Church, we know the truth. We know the Bible, and the Bible is full of answers. We know what is good for us. And still we often answer, but God. But God this and but God that. And sometimes we want a different answer from God. But God, is there not another option? God, what about option two? Because option one is not working for me. God, I will wait. I will wait for another option because this option doesn't fit into my plan. And that brings me to, to the first point today, and that is number one. A different time will not give you a different answer. Often we are stalling for time, hoping that God's answer will change if we wait long enough. And I'm sure all of us did at some point of our lives. And yes, sometimes we will wait. Waiting for God for answers is a fact of life, and nobody, nobody gets out of it. But there's a difference. There's a difference between waiting on God and stalling for time. You know what to do, but you're stalling. And just, by the way, it's not, it's not the focus today. But when you wait, I want, to, I want you to encourage you to wait expectantly. Because you can wait expectantly or you can wait passively. Now, what is the difference? You see, a passive person sits back and hopes something good will happen. And is willing to sit around. But after a short time, it gives up and saying, that's it. I've waited, I've waited, and nothing is happening. The expectant person, on the other hand, is hopeful. He's believing the answer is just around the corner. His belief is not a passive thing. His heart is full of hope, expecting the problem to be solved at any moment. See, he wakes up every morning and expecting to find an answer. It is like a pregnant mother. A pregnant mother. You can't see the baby, but you know it's there. And you know it's coming. So church, yes, often we will have to wait. We will have to wait because we don't know the answer. But if you know the answer, don't stall for time. Don't stall for time because a different time will not give you a different answer. God's answer will remain the same. 
He said, it's easy to have an excuse nearby when God calls us to do something. And some excuses can, can sound quite reasonable. Take, for example, God calling Moses to, to, to be a spokesperson. But he wasn't a good communicator. When it doesn't make sense. But God's ways are not our ways. And the reality is a God-sized dream always, always requires stepping into the unknown and always demands we overcome our excuses. I'm going to say it again. A God-sized dream always, always requires stepping into the unknown and always demands we overcome our excuses. All of us will have our different excuses, but we need to overcome them. Now, what are, what are our favorite excuses? The first one, but God, I can't. This excuse is you don't have what it takes. And I believe this excuse is, is an indicator of our faith. This excuse means we are not trusting God to provide what we lack. I mentioned Gideon earlier. I can't do it, Lord. I'm the least in my family. I can't. But God says you can. Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Number two, but God, I don't know how. Maybe we are too proud to ask. Maybe it's, it's just an easy, an easy way of escape. What is the real problem? Maybe, maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's, it's, it's apathy or fear. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know how, Lord. Do you think that Noah knew how to build the ark when, when God got, called him to build one? See, God says he will give us wisdom. James 1 verse 5 says, if any, now if any means any of us, any of, uh, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will, not might, it will be given to you. Number three, but God, I don't know, I don't have time. With this excuse, it, and this is a dangerous excuse, guys. With this excuse, the, ch the chances are that you will never have time. What it really means is I have my time and I have God's time. And by the way, church, I, I love you. And I know this can be hard, harsh words, but we need to talk about this. See, what we are saying is that there's no time left in my agenda for God's agenda. Ephesians 5 says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Church, we need to make the most of every, every opportunity. And we do it by doing what God wants us to do. Now, number four, but God, I'm alone. But God, I can't do this alone. Lord, Lord, this is too big for me alone. Lord, I'm outnumbered here. Church, but you need to understand that you are not alone. Jesus said that the, that the Father will send the helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit to help us. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I have said to you. We have the helper, church. 
we have the Holy Spirit, we are not alone. In 2 Kings 6, we find the story where, where the king of, of Aram sent an army to capture Elijah. And, and one morning, Elijah's servant woke up and he saw that they were surrounded by the army. And Elijah said to him in, in 2 Kings 6, verse, verse 16, Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So Elijah prayed for his servant's eyes to be opened, and God opened his eyes, and, and the servant saw that, that the, the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire. Listen, when you are outnumbered, when the odds are against you, know this, those who are with you are more than those who are with the enemy, because God is with you. God is with us. And my prayer is that God will open our eyes today that we'll see that God is with us and that we are not alone. Church, we are not alone. Number five, but God, I'm afraid. And the reality is, this excuse, you can choose to let fear control you. You say, our mind is quickly, of is capable of quickly creating the worst case scenarios. What is he slashed of it can happen? But know this. Trusting God, even when you're afraid to do so, always, always produces God-appointed and God-sized victories. In fact, you can't possibly get to the victory until you face the fear. Take, for example, Esther in Esther 4. Her uncle, Mordecai, asked her to go into the presence of the king to beg for mercy for the Jews. But there was a law in place that if you approach the king without being summoned, you will be put to death unless he extended the golden scepter to you and you spare your life. And Esther's response to this was, she called for a fast. And then she says, says in verse 16, and if I perish, I perish. You see, Esther, she was afraid, yes. She was afraid, but she faced the fear and put her faith in God. When God calls you to do something, the chances that you will be, the chances are very good that you will be afraid as well. But face your fear and put your faith in God. Two more left. Number six. But God, I can't afford it. This is when you're afraid that the vision is bigger than the provision. But tell this excuse to the disciples who picked up the 12 bosses full of leftovers. Oh Lord, I can't afford a tithe. No, you can't afford not a tithe. You can't afford to be disobedient to God. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Church, God will supply you. God is our source. You need to understand that. And God will supply you with bread. Bread is for eating. Supply you with seed. Seed is for sowing. He also says he will increase your store of seed so that you can sow more so others may live. So others may live, church. Number seven, but God, I won't. Sometimes we are stalling for time just because we don't want to do what God tells us to do. God, I, wanna, I don't want to do it your way. I want to do it my way. For example, Jonah. Jonah 1 verse 3 says, but Jonah got up and went, uh, went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. And we know the story. He, land, he landed in the belly of the fish because he wanted to do it his way. 
There's only one way to it, and that's God's way. And we can have a lot of excuses. But can you see the common thread in all of these but God excuses? You see, the but God is followed with an I. And often, often the problem with these but gods is, is that the I become more important than the others. Church is so that others may live. So others may live. And we will need to overcome our excuses and do what God tells us to do. Stalling for time will not change the answer. In Genesis 22, we find where God asks Abram to, to sacrifice his son Isaac. I mean, Abram could have had many excuses. But Abram had faith in God. And Abram didn't wait. He says in verse 3, early the next morning. Early the next morning, Abram got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Early the next morning. Not early the next week or the next month or the next year. No, early the next morning. And I'm sure Abram had a battle during the previous night. But he was instantly obedient to God. You see, your biggest miracle will not happen while you're stalling for time. Your miracle will only happen if you do what God tells you to do. Amen, church? So number one, a different time will not give you a different answer. Number two, a different location will not give you a different answer. You will not get a different answer by changing your location. And what do I mean by that? You will not get a different answer from God, for example, by changing church, changing your job, quitting on your marriage, moving to a new city or town. See, God's answer will not change. In Numbers 22 to 24, we find where Balak, now Balak was a Moabite king, and he summoned Balaam. Now, Balaam was a sorcerer. He was the guy that, that the donkey talked to. And he summoned Balaam to come and curse Israel. But God didn't allow Balaam to, to curse Israel, but instead blessed him. And Balak said to him in, in Numbers 23, 13, Come with me to another place where you can see them. You will, not, you will not see them all, but only the outskirts of the camp. And from there, curse them for me. But like the first time, once again, Balaam blessed Israel. And again in verse 27, we find where Balak said to Balaam, Come, let me take you to another place. This is now the third place. Perhaps will please God to let you curse them for me from there. And once again, God didn't allow Balaam to, to curse Israel, but instead blessing them. You see, three different locations, the same answer from God. Balak tried different locations, tried to entice Balaam to curse Israel. But changing location won't change God's will. God's answer will remain the same. And we must learn to face the source of our problems. See, moving to escape the problem only makes solving them more difficult. A change in location or job or a change in church will not help. A change in marriage will not help. If you need to change, you need to change. A different location 
will not give you a different answer. In verse 19 of this scripture says, God is not human that it should lie. Not a human being that it should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I like the word that Jared gave this morning. He read in James 1.17. He said, God does not change like the, like the, the, the moving shadows or the shifting shadows. See, God's answer will not change. Yes, there are times in the Bible that, that God changed his mind. For example, regarding the judgment when people prayed or, or, or the result of repentance of the wicked people. But God is not a human being and by nature doesn't change his mind. God will not tell you one thing this week and another thing next week. God will not tell you one thing here and another thing in a different location. God is reliable and God is unchangeable. God is faithful to his promises and God is faithful to his commitments. When God gives you answer, guess what? It will not change. His answer is his answer in a different location will not give you a different answer. To give you a, a simple example, I can't help to use tithing as an example. Maybe you say, but this church teaches me to, to tithe. I would rather look for a different church where they don't teach that. And even though you might find a church where they don't teach that, the Bible still teaches us that bring, we must bring the tithe in the storehouse. It still teaches us that we must honor God with our wealth. See, God doesn't change with a different location. God's answer doesn't change with a different location. So number one, a different time from God will not give you a different answer. And number two, a different location will not give you a different answer. And that brings me to number three, and the worship team can come up. Are you ready for point number three? It says, get moving. Say to the person next to you, get moving. Get moving. In Exodus 14, we find where the Israelites left Egypt, and they came to the Red Sea, and the Egyptian army chased them from behind. And you might think that they were in the most terrible situation. I mean, they were a nation used to be slaves for 400 years. Not a trained army, didn't have, even have weapons. The sea in front of them, one of the strongest armies in the world chasing from the behind. It's like checkmate. And the people cried out to God. Listen, you might be in, a, in the most terrible position that you can, that you can imagine. But if your position is where God wants you to be, in other words, you're in God's position, then your miracle is around the corner. If your position, you're in God's position, then you're in a safe place. And here the people cried out to God. They complained to Moses, why did we leave Egypt? And they complained. And God said to them, and God's response to them in, in Exodus 40 verse 15, it says, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Now you need to understand, crying out to God is, is a form of prayer. So God says, stop crying out to me. Stop praying and get moving. Church, don't get me wrong on this point. Prayer must have, it must have a vital place in our lives. But it's also a place for action. And sometimes we know what to do. But we pray for more guidance as an excuse to postpone doing it. 
we pray, we use prayer as a stalling excuse. If we know what we should do, sure, then it's time to get moving. It's time to get moving. And in this story, we know the ending. Israel went through the, the Red Sea on dry ground. If you want to walk on dry ground, you need to do what God tells you to do, and you need to get moving. Maybe your situation seems to be the same this morning. A hopeless situation with your back against the wall. But today I want to encourage you, believe in God. Believe in His promises. Don't give up. Step out in faith and do what God tells you to do and get moving. Stop making excuses. Get up and pick up your mat and walk. Because if you're not getting up and, and pick up your mat and walk, if you're not moving, you'll remain in the pool for another 38 years. Get out of the boat and walk on the water because you will not see the miracle of walking on the water if you're not moving. Just we need to get moving. Do what God tells us to do. Throw out the nets on the other side of the boat and you will see the large catch. Fill the jars with water and Jesus will turn into wine. You need to get moving. But God, I only have five loaves of bread and two fish. No, give your five loaves of bread and two fish to Jesus and you will see leftover in your life, church. We need to get moving. Church, we can pray to defeat the giant. We can fast to defeat the giant. You can curse the giant. You can do whatever you want. But at some point, at some point, you need to get up. You need to pick up the five stones and you need to go and fight the giant. We need to get moving. Take that next step. Be bold because the battle is not yours but God's. Amen. The battle is God's. And God has called you for such a time as this. Church, we need to get moving. Yes, there will be storms. Yes, there will be enemies. Yes, there will be battles. But God, but God, but God will help you. But God will fight for you. But God will deliver you. But God will protect you. But God will provide for you. Because the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen, church? It's God's battle. And if God is the answer of your but God, then there is life, there's victory, there's abundance, there's grace, there's mercy. Let us be people who step out in faith and get moving and do what God tells us to do. Listen, the sea couldn't stop Moses. The walls couldn't stop Joshua. The giant couldn't stop David. Death couldn't stop Jesus. Nothing can stop you unless you're stopping yourself. If God is the answer of your but God, nothing, nothing can stop you. A different time will not give you a different answer. A different location will not give you a different answer. And stop crying out. Some of you need to stop crying out to God and making excuses. God, I can't do it. God, I, I, I can't afford it. God, I don't have time. God, I don't know how. God, I'm afraid. Stop making excuses and get moving. Get moving and do what God tells us to do. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you're an awesome God, Lord. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that the King is alive. We worship you, Lord God, as the living King, Father. 
And I pray, Father, for boldness for each and every one here this today, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that we'll stop making excuses, Lord God, that we'll do what you tell us to do, Lord, and we'll, we'll get moving, Father, in Jesus' name, Father. pray, Father, it will not stop ourselves, but Lord, it will do what you tell us to do, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And thank you, Father, for all those, but God, but God will strengthen you, but God will deliver you, but God, this and but God. Father, you're an awesome God, Father. We worship you, Lord. Today, I want to ask you, is God the answer of your but God? Is God the answer of your but God? You see, for God to be the answer of your but God, God should be your God. The Lord should be your Lord. So my question to you is, is Jesus your Lord? Is Jesus your Lord? Not, is, not the Lord of your parents, or the Lord of your husband and wife. Is Jesus your Lord? Yes, but God will be with you. But God will give you strength. And the battle is not yours, but God. But God needs to be your God. Maybe you say, but, but God, my life is a mess. But God, I don't deserve it. But God, I first want to get my life in order before I accept you. You can have all these but God's while you can't make God your God. But today I want to I tell you there's another but God. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us and this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. That's the reason that Christ died for us. Not because we are perfect, but because we are sinners. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. None of us deserve it. But there's another but God. It says, but God who is rich in mercy but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ do you want to be made alive with Christ but God who is rich in mercy because of this because of his great love for us. Church, you need to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you and is rich in mercy. And nothing, nothing you did or what you do can separate you from the love of Christ. Your past doesn't matter. What matters is your future your future. And today I want to encourage you, you need to get moving. You need to get moving. And all you need to do is to accept Jesus as your Lord. So if that is you, all I'm asking you is to raise your hand. I'm not calling you to the front. Just raise your hand so I can see where you sit, so I can pray for you. If that is you, say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. tried to do it my way and it's not working I want to do it your way maybe you like the Israelites in a checkmate situation you see it in front of you 
nowhere to go and your past is chasing you. Your sin and your past is chasing you and you don't know where to go. But Jesus can make a way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way and that is Jesus. So if that is you today, I don't want to prolong this because Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Jesus' name, amen and amen.